Hi, my name is Agile, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon, and I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to episode 92 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And, of course, Mo is here. Hey, everybody. This episode will investigate a new series set in the Silence of the Lambs universe, build an inexpensive gadget that plays hundreds of Atari classics, and we make our 26th and final entry in the Humble Bundle Ooh. Game series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a little sad. A little, I little know. melancholy. Bittersweet, George. We were on a. Hell with that. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm done. Ready to be done. Yeah. <laughs> John, remember D? Oh, that was awesome. Oh, those were the days. We those were so young days. back when D. Oh, what about L? Oh, L was great. Those oh, were the great letters. Oh, let's not go to L. No, no. Too many painful memories. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Before we get to that melancholy ending of the A to Z Humble Bundle series from George, let's get into some fourth listener email, my favorite part of the show. And George, to commemorate the fact that this is wrapping up your series, our fourth listener email is from your favorite patron. Go ahead and introduce him. It is Stubaka. <laughs> exactly. It is Stubaka wrote in. Subject line of his email is episode 91. So we know exactly what he's talking about. Oh, he wow. says, Clarity. hey, fellers, so much great stuff, but I'm going to break <laughs> it into bullets. Here we go. All right. Wow. Number one. Mo. Uh-oh. Dang it, ah. I've avoided spoilers for The Expanse, but I know the character you're referencing, so minor spoiler there. So you talked yeah. about the new season of The Expanse. Yeah, yep, so yep, he claims- yep. And I know exactly what he's talking about. Sorry about that. Yep. Well, I would hope you know what he's talking about. You brought right. it up. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had better know. True. <laughs> but thanks for the heads up on the Art and Arcana book. Oh, yeah. That's been in my wish list since it came out, but it's never been on sale. That's the Dungeons and Dragons oh, art yeah, book, right? Oh, yeah. That's an amazing book. Yeah. Since he sent this email, he already posted in our Discord server. He got it, and he posted a picture proudly holding it that he has it now and I think three or four more people saw that and also went and got it myself included <laughs> right <laughs> awesome yeah it's, it's a great book number two bullet point George mm. uh-oh Alan Tudyk actually went to high school in Plano like I did at my alma mater's rival though mm. ah I, yeah. I knew he went to high school in Plano I didn't know that Stubaka did that's awesome I didn't either I mean he was in Texas but yeah small yeah. world funny side story my wife ran into him at the Target in Frisco <laughs> and got a picture with him <laughs> he was probably trying to buy Firefly action figures or something. <laughs> he was, yeah. I could totally see him in a Target. He seems like a guy that just go to Target and buy stuff. You know? Yeah. And if I saw him, you'd damn straight I'd get a oh, picture. Yeah, so I don't blame your wife at all. Of course. Absolutely. I don't care how creepy it'd yep. be. <laughs> and number three, John, I think you and George should do a new video series all about dash cams. I know I'd watch. Oh, Jesus. Especially with you guys like <laughs> going side by side or. <laughs> that would be awful and probably illegal in a lot of states. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the profanity per second rate that you're allowed on YouTube? I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. But now that we both have dash cams that you know, I'll have that side channel I run periodically. I post stuff on there, but there's no George in it. Very well, there's a little bit of George in it from a few times you rode with me, actually. Is are there? No, yeah. That's probably not. And I good. think there's a clip when we were on the phone in Bluetooth once that you were talking <laughs> and there were people pulled in front of me. Yeah, a lot of fun with dash cams. Stubaka goes on to say, that's about all I can think of at the moment. Keep up the great work, guys. I can't wait for the next episode. Simper Quartus. Stubaka. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Stubaka. Not only for 
this uh, letter that you sent in as fourth listener, but also for your continued love and support. We love it every time you write in. In fact, anytime the fourth listener writes in, if you'd like your email featured here on the show, just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one, and most of them make the show just like Stu Bacchus. All right, with that good business behind us, it's time to jump into the body of the show right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jacques, you'll ride shotgun and volcano here. It sure lives up to its name, Matt. Tracker here, assemble mass. Venom has struck again. Try and stop you, Tracker. Convert outlaw. Vehicles each sold separately with two figures. Batteries not included. Okay, volcano, do your stuff. Fire! Mask. Wow. Where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Mask, Volcano, and Outlaw. Each sold separately. New from Kenner. Let's kick it off right here at the beginning, as we always do, talking about media that we've been consuming. Something on television or in the theaters or comics or movies or music, whatever it might be. And uh, Mo, let's start with you. You have something really special and cool that you recently oh, watched. Oh, yeah. I mean, after, what, nine months through space, you know, the Perseverance rover, which is the size of an SUV, apparently, landed on Mars. And John, yes, it mm. did land. Not yep. just because wow. they said so, but there are pictures. So. <laughs> well, I, you asked me, hey, did you watch the landing? And I'm like, you can't see the landing. Yeah. I mean, NASA just says it landed. How do you know it did land? I'm like, dude, come on. But yeah, there's pictures, actually. I, I saw guys in a room cheering. <laughs> I assume it landed. Right. Moon landing conspiracy theory. Is that crazy? <laughs> so, but it was exciting. That was really cool. It, it was exciting. So it's the size of an SUV, yeah. you said? It's huge. It's huge. That's crazy. I mean, the controlled descent, I'm assuming they had to do some firing rockets or something. Oh, this thing was nuts. Normally, they just drop in and crash. No, this one, they actually, it came in, had a parachute that slowed it down. Then okay. at some point, the parachute isn't enough. Then it went to like rockets. Wow. And then because the rockets would kick up too much sand, like too much dirt, if it got too close, mm-hmm. the rocket hovered and then lowered it on a crane. What? Yeah, seriously. It lowered it on a crane. Wow. And then the rocket like just blasts off and crashes somewhere off in the distance. That's crazy. Wow. And all that had to okay. work. And it That's- apparently all worked perfectly. And there's there's it. And there's actual video that they're showing now. They actually have some video clips, I think, up there on the uh, internet now. But to me, it's just... I just admire anybody that could work for years on something that could all go horribly, horribly wrong <laughs> in a second. But but it didn't, but it did not. luckily. But it, yeah, there's like that, that elation, that celebration. I was going to say, that sounds like my career life right now. <laughs> I've worked for years and it's gone horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> horribly wrong. <laughs> so what are they going to do with the Perseverance now that's there? What's planned for this little guy? Like the same as the other ones, but it has a lot more equipment. More so modern. it's going to look for life, like signs of previous life. Mm-hmm. Because of its size, it's it's a little more mobile than the other ones, so it's able to travel further, faster. Mm-hmm. They can allow the aliens to carpool in it. Yeah, since exactly. It's the size of an issue. You know, well, if there's an alien, they can just roll right <laughs> over it now, so they can just bypass. You know, it's like what was that bump it hit? I don't know. But they even had the coolest picture they had was like from the rocket. They have a picture from above of it being descended on those cables, which I thought was just a cool, cool picture. So mm. I'm always I always jazz with anything space. I always geek out in that stuff. But to me, this is like just super cool. Yeah, rightfully so. 
Yeah. Well, and you know, Tom C., our, our listener and patron, he's also a huge space nerd. So make sure you get your facts straight. He'll straighten us oh, out yeah, if, if, we, if wrong, we get it wrong. Let me know. Yeah, he, he also <laughs> loves that, as, as do we. You know, when I see that, it's exciting to see, but like we're at this point and now I know that we're going to make it to Mars, but I'm not going to get to go. I'm too old and <laughs> yeah. I can go to the bathroom every 45 minutes. We might get there in my lifetime, but I'm not going to get to go. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go to Mars, quite honestly. And, you know, I like having really? oxygen. <laughs> it's, I've grown accustomed to yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's almost essential for me now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Me both. Me too. Yeah. Can you imagine me going with my sleep apnea machine? <laughs> <laughs> George, your stuff is filling up the back of the SUV. You're going to have to move some crap. <laughs> Damn it. Deal breaker. Uh, how about you, John? What have you been watching? Well, I wasn't watching anything nearly so earth shaking, but I did watch. I came across a new film. It showed up as a documentary and it, because I'm a sucker for those. I'm like, that's interesting. It's called A Glitch in the Matrix. It's a brand new film. Oh, yeah. You got me to watch that. I yeah. mentioned it to you. Yeah, I mentioned it over on Discord. Yeah. Yep, yep. So it came out in this year, 2021, it's brand new. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. The concept of this documentary is, it's got a few levels, but at the surface level, it's there are people who believe very, very genuinely that we are living inside of a simulation, that we're just a program, uh, like the yeah. Matrix. Okay, I remember right? seeing this trailer now. And so when something happens, you know, like uh, we have like the Mandela effect where you swear something is different, or the, I think it was in uh, Neo said in the Matrix, if they had deja vu, that's a glitch in the Matrix or whatever. They believe that. And in fact, they have crystallized their belief around the film, The Matrix. Not so much. I mean, it's a great film and not just they worship the movie, but it really it's like they're like that. That's what we're saying is real. That's what right. they kind of believe. It kind of crystallizes it for them. So throughout this film, they're interviewing these people. Now it's in a pandemic environment. So a lot of the interviews are done via Zoom. And clearly several of the people didn't want their faces to be seen. So the way they've disguised the interviewees in the film is rather than just blacking them out or pixelating them, they have created full 3D rotoscoped robots on top of the people <laughs> sitting in they the have chair. expressions and everything. Yeah. Yes, it's like it's like a person's there, but they're a giant chrome robot talking because they didn't want their face seen for some so reason. So are they like Lawyer Cat? Is that what they went for? <laughs> Not entirely unlike Lawyer yeah, Cat. Yeah, actually, yes. you know what? <laughs> actually, yeah. that's pretty damn close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all of that is interesting and cool and like there's no way to prove or disprove if the fact they're right because you wouldn't know until you died anyway. But I wouldn't a lot have brought it up except when you watch the film, you kind of go, well, that's interesting. Things are going down. People are telling their life stories, their experiences with other people. And then holy shit gets dark toward the end. And like a guy talks about incredible crimes that he did while under the delusion of being inside of the Matrix because he thought it had no- It matter. There's like a huge left turn toward yeah. the end of this film that turns it into this amazing true crime documentary. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, I, what I found interesting was like, they talk a lot about Philip K. Dick, who yeah, I'm, a, right? I'm a big fan of his Dream writing. Electric you know, Sheep, that's the Blade Runner thing, right? Blade Runner yeah. thing, you know, uh, Scanner Darkly, a whole bunch of stuff. And apparently he was a big proponent that this is real, that, you know, back oh. in the 70s, mm -hmm. you know, right. and they talk about, they refer back to a lecture he did in Paris where he just talked about like, you know, we are living in a simulation and he mm -hmm. firmly believes yeah. it. Footage of him, he believed fine. it. Yeah. And yeah. so did the people in this film. So I bring it up because A, interesting document kind of like a fringe belief thing. B, the way that was produced with the robotic rotoscope <laughs> interviews. <laughs> and then C, capital C, is the amazing twist at the end. It's something that if you see it in passing, don't pass it up. If you're at all interested, you should check out A Glitch in the Matrix. You can see yeah. it right now on Amazon Prime. George, how about you? You have something that intrigued me when I first heard about it, but I've not checked it out yet. What have you been mm. watching? I have been watching a new TV series based on one of my favorite, I, I don't like to call this film 
a horror film, but that's where it's most closely associated. Yeah. The Silence of the Lambs. They've got mm. a new TV series called Clarice, which is based on huh. the character Clarice Starling from the movie. <laughs> With Papa Bees. You know, Jodie Foster is obviously the most iconic actress oh, portraying sure. that role. We've seen other people portray it in other different films after that because she never went back to it. This takes place in a time frame exactly one year after the Buffalo Bill murders. Oh, like right there. Quick. Yeah. So it's okay. kind of like her career then? It, well, it's what happens to her after. Okay. It's focused on mm-hmm. her, not on Hannibal Lecter has no part in this. Neither does Buffalo Bill, obviously, because he's fucking dead. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> Thank God. What does happen, it starts off with her in a psychologist office, an FBI psychologist, and he is trying to certify or not certify her for duty because, you know, she went through this horribly traumatic experience and she has PTSD. And he says it's just a year ago, so it's still it's very just, fresh. Yeah, it's yeah. just a year uh, later, so it's really unique. And remember, in Silence of the Lambs, she saved the daughter of a very influential politician, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that politician is now the attorney general, and she calls her into duty on a case that looks like it might be a serial killer case mm. that she has a task force who's investigating it. Okay, makes sense. Nobody okay. in the FBI likes Clarice Starling right what? Everybody hates her because they feel like she got too much publicity and notoriety and it made them all look foolish that a cadet she saw fucking the Buffalo Bill. And that's why they don't <laughs> like her because they were working on it and she solved it. Remember oh, in the film, jealousy, she went off it. on her own. They went somewhere else to go <laughs> yeah. try and track the guy down and she found him in his house, you know, just on a saw the butterfly canvassing thing. Visit. Yeah. Or the right. moth, whatever it was. The moth, yeah. right? It's really interesting. I didn't think I was going to find an actress that could replace Jodie Foster's portrayal of the character. Uh-huh. The actress that they've chosen for this, and I can't think of her name right now, so we'll, somebody will look it up and write it in to us about it, but <laughs> she absolutely has surplanted Jodie Foster for oh, me as okay. Clarice now. I'm really wow. surprised. She does a tremendous job. She's a bit younger than Jodie Foster was at the time when she did Silence of the Lambs. But she's and I think that's crucial to the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a bit of like naivete and, right. and, and yeah. youth and optimism baked into that but character. she's also broken. Yeah. She's completely oh, yeah. broken. Like Clarice was broken in Silence of the Lambs because of the traumatic events from her childhood, right? Right. Mm-hmm. This Clarice is broken from that plus Hannibal Lecter and Buffalo The events Bill. of Silence of the Lambs. Oh sure. my goodness. And it's going to be a police procedural more than anything, like it's just going to be investigating a new crime each week. I've seen the first two episodes. Uh, so there'll be a lot of quick endings to stories that you would think might last two or three episodes. It doesn't appear that they're going that way, but they're good stories. Okay. And the first two are really developing her character and the people around her, the team members that she associates with now. So is it episodic then? Like you can watch just one episode or is it more serialized or is it this new hybrid hmm. of both kinds? The of character thing? story of Clarice is absolutely serialized. The stories themselves are episodic. Interesting. Interesting. They do show a what happened last time at the beginning. There's been a real shortage of episodic stuff that I can't, oh, you got to watch two seasons to know what's going on. And now I can watch, I can take a bite and enjoy just that one. You can't. That makes it more approachable. And at the beginning, they'll give you a what happened yeah. previously type of thing. So it'll bring yeah. you up to speed of her character development and other people on her team. They've got a really nice cast of supporting actors. Cal Penn is one of the people yeah. on the yeah. team. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. And they even brought in the girl that Clarice rescued from Silence of the Lamb. Her character oh. is in this. She continues. She has been trying to contact Clarice this entire year, and Clarice has refused to speak to her. Ooh. And so there's some contention between that girl, the mother, and Clarice about 
that whole thing. Clarice doesn't want to talk to her because it's making her relive the past. And the mother mm-hmm. wants her to talk to her because her daughter's going insane. Yeah, because I imagine she has a couple of issues, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it puts yeah, the lotion on the skin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and it, she even, apparently the girl saved the dog from Buffalo Bill's house. So she still has Puffy. That little chubby little white dog. poodle thing? Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. I hated that dog is the creepiest part. <laughs> yep. But it's a good series. It's CBS Fridays. Okay. I would suggest taking a watch of it if you enjoyed Silence of the Lambs at all. Oh, I think so. I mean, you have the Silence of the Lambs as a springboard. You have, you know, your endorsement of this actress. You have building on a story that we know and it's episodic. So you don't, it's not a commitment. You can try it. See if you like it. If you do, there's a larger story of her backstory, but yeah, I mean, I'm in. Yeah, it's definitely worth, it seems like it's worth a shot for sure. Put it in my sonar right now. Wait for it to come in. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you're going to turn to CBS and watch it? I mean, I'm going to CBS All Access where I have a subscription and watch it right now. Exactly right. (laughs) Correct. Thank Thank you. I don't want to misconstrue that. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Everybody's got a little smile inside. Sneaks out every once in a while, like when you're eating a roll. Chocolate. Rollo is a whole roll of smiles. Cause Rollo is a whole roll of smiles. Rollo is a whole roll of smiles. Let's get into tech and toys. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have something to talk about today. So I'm just going to throw it to you, George. What do you got for us? I have an item that was sent to us by a company. They asked us to review it. They sent it to us a long time ago, like at the end of last year. That's only a couple months, dude. Yeah, well, you know, it feels like forever, though, in this (laughs) environment. John got the email and they said, would you guys like it? And I said, sure, that sounds interesting. I'll give it a shot. And he had it sent to me and I put it on the gaming shelf because it's kind of a board game-ish type of thing and never touched it again. And like a month later, John was like, hey, did anybody do anything with that? I'm like, I don't even remember that. Do I have it? And I went looking. There it is. Damn it. Oh, I do That's have on it. Me. <laughs> so I decided to pull it out for the tech and toy section because it's kind of halfway between a toy and a game. Okay. Uh, it was kind of okay. difficult to figure out which one it is. It's called Mandarin Blocks. And what it essentially okay. is, it's a single player little plastic puzzling device where one half of the box has these little cards in it that tell you how to lay out certain bricks on this eight by eight grid. Mm -hmm. And those blocks have to stay exactly where they're at. And then all the other blocks in there can fit inside the eight by eight grid, but you have to figure out how to place. Oh, it's like the different tiles are different shapes, right? Is that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. They're all rectangles and squares. Some of them are like one by five or one by four. Some of them are two by three. Mm. There are black tiles. Those are the ones that stay in place according to whatever card you picked out 
out to try mm-hmm. and solve. There are 88 different cards. So you got to work like they're like barriers. You got to work around. Yeah, exactly. these all different colors, and you're matching the pattern on the card. Is that no? There's nothing like of? that. You don't match any oh, no. color. You just have to solve. Oh, it's it. just figure out how to fits. Oh, figure out how I see. Fits. Oh, it's for one player at a time. They come in four different varieties. There's a red, a yellow, a blue, and a white. Mm-hmm. So you can buy any one of these four puzzles. Each of the four puzzles has 88 different cards in it to attempt. Nice. A lot of variety then, huh? A lot of variety. The game box says that it's impossible to memorize all the solutions, so you'll get a lot of uh, gameplay out of it because you'll try number one, then later on right. you'll mm-hmm. go back and you won't remember how to do it. <laughs> so my only problem with this is that apparently I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be a problem. <laughs> I, I was going to go on the word apparently, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to solve just puzzle number one and I played with it. I don't know for 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, damn, this is really tough. I can see where certain things have to go, but putting the rest of them in place, I, I can't figure it out. So I said, well, let me go take it to my wife and play a joke on her because she'll never solve it if I can't solve it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Two minutes later, <laughs> she had solved it. I'm like, damn, that it. was easy. <laughs> and I go in there to look and sure enough, she solved it. And then she's, she's like, like oh, I'm going to play a trick on Michael. I'm going to get Michael to try it. 35 seconds later, my son had solved the damn thing. <laughs> like, damn it. I guess so, the older brain head thing is solving a problem. Your house. Oh, my God. They're simple, easy to use blocks. I would suggest that anybody who has a young child, this is for ages eight and up. Certainly starting at eight to nine to ten would be appropriate for this game. Mm-hmm. If you have a young child, this is a great thing to give them so it activates their spatial awareness and their problem solving skills and different things like that. And it's tactile. It's hands on. You could have done this in an electronic device and made millions just of that. dollars instead as an Instead of a phone app, instead of a phone app, right. you have the physical thing. Yeah. Having yeah. this physical device, you can take it with you on the road trips. Like remember when we would be kids in the car, you oh, would take yeah. like the, yeah, the little uh, different, uh, what do you like the magic marker things where you would highlight the thing and it would reveal the trivia question oh, yeah, yes, clue yes. or whatever. The invisible ink stuff. Yeah. The invisible ink stuff. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this kind of harkens back to that era, which is why it's a great Gen X toy. Well, that's cool. I'm sure we'll put uh, we'll put a link in the show notes oh, where yeah. you can find it and take a look for yourself. Mondrian blocks, Mondrian interesting. Blocks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, now, Mo, that's what I was messing around with. You yeah. said we have three things in yeah. the tech and toy segment, which is a rarity for us yeah, because the, <laughs> the announcer of this section doesn't often have a tech or a toy. <laughs> However, you have something this time. Yeah, I have something this time. This is more of a tech side, but everyone's aware of Smithsonian, you know, that you know the museum and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Right, the Institute, mm-hmm. right? I was doing some research on God knows what, but anyway, it found out that the Smithsonian, since it's publicly owned, right, they basically have a huge library of free assets that you can go and use royalty-free. And I'm talking about 3D models, artwork. What? All that stuff. Basically, it's just huge. I mean, there's literally tens of millions of things you could download. And you're talking like, is it like video and images and video, sound images, and stuff too? All like that kind buildings, of stuff? Really? Famous buildings, like 3D models of famous huh. buildings. You could download, really? I think there's one of like the Versailles or there's one of uh, the skeleton of a mammoth that was found. A 3D model that you could print. That they have scanned from the museum that you could, oh, I was going to wow. say, you can download these 3D models and print them on your 3D printer. And you could print them if you want to, yeah, you could you can you oh. print yourself an Apollo 11 capsule. You could print, and if you have like this artwork, now I've got like 17 <laughs> years worth of stuff to print out immediately. <laughs> Where I was looking at when I was doing this stuff in Unity, somebody was saying like, "Hey, you know, instead of struggling to figure out how to find a good wallpaper, they have 
art of wallpaper from like this famous place that you could use. They have the images of this. Of course, high resolution for archival purposes. All super high res, all super awesome Mm -hmm. stuff. It's like crazy. I think I was looking at some, they have a whole stats page too of who's using it. And so far they've had almost 15 million people look at their assets just this year. Just all like in two months. Yeah. Like they're just getting started with the year. I'm looking at it right now. They have like certain platforms too. 3D Voyager. They have all these things. It's set up into the, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, and you can, it's one of these things that you could just have fun just looking through all the stuff like famous buildings Mm -hmm. and the models. I download a couple models just to see what they were like. Now, some of them, they don't make them so that they're easy to 3D print because they're just accuracy was their criteria. Right. Do you have putting your own supports and whatever. If you you want supports and some stuff you you may have to manipulate or cut up or whatever, but it's all there and it's all free and you could use it legally. (laughs) So what have you found there already? So you you discovered this and you went in. What have you already leached off of this open access? I downloaded an Apollo 11 capsule that they have on there. And the thing is that the 3D model is not just the outside, it's in and outside model. Like it's all, it's fully 3D. Oh, wow. It's like if you slice it, there's the the inside inside. of it as well. Damn. If nothing else, it's just a lot of fun. And if you like artwork, you just want to have some cool wallpaper for your desktop there's stuff there yep. it's a huge resource it said you could spend hours i have just seeing what's there he knows firsthand yeah. you could spend hours <laughs> yeah. easily spend it. hours yeah. just <laughs> understandable just going down these rabbit holes of just discovering stuff so it's pretty cool that's I've why we spent to... five minutes <laughs> there you go so i'm gonna obviously put a link into our show notes <laughs> so everyone knows how to get to it but yeah if you're looking Perfect. for anything like that or if you just have an interest in just finding cool stuff that's definitely a place to go that's great so there i have that which is pretty damn awesome so john it is, yeah. What do you have that's pretty damn awesome? I do have something I think is pretty damn awesome. Not without a little bit of effort, but it has turned out to be pretty damn awesome. <laughs> so, well, we, we have talked at no end about the Atari VCS that I finally got, and we discussed it the last couple of shows, uh, did a review of it. And uh, there were some things of the VCS that kind of fell short. And so I started kind of poking around what else was out there that I kind of play with that might scratch that Atari nostalgic itch a little bit better. And I stumbled across this package that Micro Center puts together called the Atari Raspberry Pi. So effectively, what they've merged together is a little Raspberry Pi running RetroPie that I think anyone who's been in the Raspberry Pi environment has heard of. It's an emulation station running on that. But they have licensed Atari games, much like Atari's licensing their games to everyone these days pre-formatted on an SD card. So it's this kit that comes with a Raspberry Pi and it comes with these Atari games on an SD card and it comes with a controller oh, it does. and okay. it comes with a, a Raspberry Pi case that looks so much inspired by a VCS. It's oh, got neat. the wood grain on it. It's got the little slats on the sides and everything. It was something I wanted to try to see because I've never messed with anything with RetroPie, but people swear by it. They love it. Uh, I've, and I've done one video on it. And in fact, it, it, it put a link down the show notes, mm-hmm. we're going to give this little pie away when we're done doing videos with it. And you can watch in the video how to register. But the interesting thing is it was my first foray into retro pie. And I had a bad initial experience because of, I think, how it was pre-bundled on this kit. But since I've upgraded to the latest version of RetroPie on this thing, and there's so much you could talk about in RetroPie, but what I want to focus on is this has delivered the best Atari 2600 emulation experience I have had. Really? Second only to the original 2600. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing better would be to have the real thing. What kind of controller does it come with? 
Well, it comes with like a PlayStation-y looking controller. Okay. Uh, but it could be your Xbox or anything plugged into it. Here's why it's far superior to anything I have done for Atari 2600 emulation. It's the way they've intuitively mapped the controls. Now, the Atari was a stick and a button. Simple. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah. And everybody does that fine. And you can get, well, I've bought games that have 2600 stuff baked in, but there's some stuff you can't do based on how they later used the console because the console also has right difficulty A, B, left difficulty. A, B. Oh, all the dip switches. Black and white switch. And games started using those. Like in Adventure, it changes like how aggressive the dragons are or whether or not yeah. they run away from the sword. Later games like Star Master from Activision, they use the black and white color switch to determine, go to your, your galactic map to go warp somewhere else. Without that, you can only play half the game. They've, by default, mapped it on the controller. So yeah, I move around and hit the A button. All that's fine. Color black and white switch, you click down on the left or the right analog sticks. That's color and black and white. Right difficulty, it's that right uh, trigger and bumper. You toggle them A and B. You can put difficulty there. Left difficulty is the left bumper A and B. On top of perfect emulation, all the controls are there. All those dip switches are there. Like I find myself distracted from working on the video because I'm playing a 2600 (laughs) game that I never could play since I had my original VCS. Nice. How many games did it come with? It touted 100 games. Okay. 91 of which are, well, it ended up being 183 after the update. 91 original VCS games. Nice. And of course, you put your own crap on top of it, which is (laughs) what I'm going to be doing (laughs) next. (laughs) So I think we all have played Stella, the emulator that works fantastically. Yeah. It's just that it didn't have it all in one little package at your fingertips. Stella has all the dip switches and stuff if you dig in the settings, but to have it all in your hands, the way you could have reached over to the console and flipped a switch, it's in your hand and it's great. So on top of the cool design, uh, having all the games on there, how well it performs, the Atari 2600 emulation itself is the best I've ever seen. Yeah. And if it's something you're interested in, of course, we'll put a link to the video down mm-hmm. in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, the gadget itself is a great platform to build on. And we'll throw a link there. Could be any Raspberry Pi, but this one is Atari. Thing. And it looks a little like an Atari 2600 too. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with you that. That's a that. huge I mean, selling point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. When you get hold of the Nintendo Entertainment System. When you master Rob the Video Robot and meet the challenge of Gyromite. When you shoot the light-sensing Zapper. When you play the system with the most arcade hits. You're playing with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Three rounds in the GXG Gaming Division. Fighting out of the red corner, he stands six feet 
three inches tall, weighs slightly more than 100 pounds. <laughs> what do you got to get your play in this week, sir? I decided to come up with a new intro in case you didn't notice. Good heavens, didn't you? <laughs> wow. I would say it's overproduced, but it's just so damn cool. I told you I was bored with the old one. <laughs> Can I, I don't know how to follow that up and not talk about a game I'm just playing. Just start talking but about I, your game that yeah, you're playing. Yeah, That's all you game. I will. <laughs> I will. I mean, I didn't pre-produce a, a, a piece for it, but I'll talk about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am playing a new board game, kind of, or a video game, kind of. So what I found that uh, it, Google works in mysterious ways. They know what you're interested in and they start popping things up. I didn't go looking for this, but uh, scrolled across. I saw it. 20 bucks. I bought it. The Pac-Man arcade monopoly game is what I picked up from Amazon. So it's monotony. Okay. Why? Well, it's Pac-Man and yeah. I don't need a second reason. That's that's just one. <laughs> so <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to know what the street names are in this thing. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you. It's really easy. So many times <laughs> I've mentioned before that you look and you go, oh, they slapped Pac-Man onto Monopoly. Yawn. Yeah, I really don't care. Did that a million right. times, yeah. What they did here is they really dumbed down Monopoly. And I don't mean that derogatorily. They dumbed it down in a good way. So it's not a game that takes 14 hours to play. It's not a game that you have to do a bunch of financial, you know, mortgage and calculate tax with. <laughs> what they've taken is the basic concept of Monopoly. You have a board, you got free parking, and you pass go to collect money and whatever. And they put a layer of Pac-Man on it. All the pieces are little Pac-Men. They've added a ghost who's running around on the board who can try to get you. Ah. All of the street names are replaced. There's only two per color, and they're just levels. So level one and two are brown. Level three and four are blue on one side of the board. And then you go around. And so you collect colors. Level one and two are a group. Three and four are a group, right? Huh. Okay, that part's cool. Uh, as you roll two dice, one of them is a black dice with blue dots. That's the ghost's movement. So you roll a 10, a five and a five, you move 10 and you have to move the ghost five. So oh, he, he, okay. he gets one of your die to move. So you get both the dice. He only gets the black one. That's right. Yeah. Ah, okay. And, but he gets right. that for every player. Right. Yeah. And you, there's one ghost. Yeah. He can attack anybody on the board. And you, so you work your way around the board. So it's basic Monopoly. Here's the thing that sold me on it. When you pass go, you do not collect $200. Okay. When you pass go, you pick up the little Pac-Man handheld game. You put your colored token in the side of it and you play a game of Pac-Man for 15 seconds to see how many points you earn when you pass go. <laughs> they give you 15 seconds to play. That's all. So you can't play forever. As many points as you can rack up in 15 seconds, that's how much you earn that you can then spend working your way around the board. In place of all the cards, a community chest and chance, there are dots that if you land on a fruit, it'll let you jump to any next property before the next fruit. So you can helps you expedite getting a property. Right. If you land on a power pellet, you think you'd let you attack the ghost. It actually lets you attack your fellow players. It allows you to steal a level from one of them. So one of the properties you can steal. Mm. And you just play Monopoly going around the board. The places where the the railroads would be, yeah. those are the side exits. If you land there, you must go out the side and come in the other side. You got to jump across the board. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's cute. And finally, the game is over when all the properties are purchased and the computer will tell you who had the most points. Most points at the end of the game is who wins. You don't have to crush your opponents. So when you go to buy things, there's something you have to input. It's not like the little cards that you would just it's hold in It's all in the you. game. You, you get okay. a physical card, but the way you say you bought it, go in the game, put your token in and say, I'm buying level four. And it deducts the points from you and you own and the And this card. is a physical device they include in the box, not a phone That's app. right. Comes in yeah. the box. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Huh. So there's no money to process. There's no chance in the community chess cards. It's just kind of vaguely playing Monopoly with a Pac-Man slant. And the better you are at Pac-Man, 
the better you are at this game. I think I'm going to have to buy this. Sounds interesting. It's cute as shit. <laughs> and I played it once and I'm ready to play it again. Not the least of which because my poor wife, she was a great sport. She played with me. She was buying up all the properties, but I was killing her in Pac-Man. <laughs> so she was always broken, didn't have any points. <laughs> so if you're good at the little, and it's a bad Pac-Man, it's LCD and it's hard to see. Who cares? It's part of the charm of it is that it's, and the sounds are great. The sounds are perfect. The samples. That's it. It's it's dumb fun. Most Monopoly games are like, well, I put, you know, I've re- you said at the beginning, George, well, what do you call them the properties? Are they going to be names mm-hmm. of ghosts or names of arcades? Nope. They stripped all that away, made it really simple. And it's just, haha, I did better at Pac-Man than you. I have more points than you. Oh, I stole your property. Let's see who wins. I assume you won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Well, only because points. Like she had all the properties, but at the end, I had all the points. So I ended up winning. <laughs> There's a little so. bit of a strategy there. Maybe you don't necessarily want to buy properties if you're trying to extend the game so you can earn some more points to get ahead of someone else. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because as soon as you buy that last one, the, the game is over. over. So, Interesting. Yep. Wow. So we'll put a link in the show notes. Like I said, I think it's only 20 bucks right now. It's dumb fun. If you're vaguely <laughs> interested, it's kind of a no-brainer to add your board game collection. That's what I've been playing, but in George, in your new multi-round event, that's just the undercard. The main event <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is the ultimate of your A to Z series. I want to hear about Z. Oh, of Z. This. I feel kind of sad. Z. Yes, we are finally at the letter Z. It is the 12th round. I've had my ass knocked down about 12 times in this fight. <laughs> And I am ready to throw in the towel at this point. <laughs> Z was a game that I found in one of my Humble Bundle packages that I bought. It is an independent studio that produced this game. So it's not one of the big AAA packages or anything like mm-hmm. that. It is called Ziggurat, just like the right. shape that you think of when you hear that word. Yeah, the, it's yeah. by a company called Zig-zaggy. Milkstone Studios. And I'll give you the description off of Steam. Dungeon crawling, first person shooting at its finest. Fast paced combat, dozens of perks, spells, and enemies, level ups, random dungeons, traps, badass bosses, and carrots. Wait, hold on. Yep. You say carrots? It's funny. It's funny. I thought you said carrots for a second. I did say carrots. Oh. Yeah. Why did you say carrots? Because that's what the description (laughs) says. Yeah. All right. So it is a roguelike game in that the dungeons change and the things you can go grab and everything. Essentially, you're there to become a member of this magical order. You go into level one of the ziggurat, and then you try to progress all the way to the highest level of the ziggurat. And once you complete the whole ziggurat, you are now a member of this brotherhood. That's just all the background story. None of that has any effect in the game whatsoever. It's essentially just <laughs> running around in these first person dungeon shoot 'em ups and trying to kill everything in sight. Oh. It's really all it is. There's some value to those. Yeah. There's something to be said for yeah. that. Oh yeah. There, there should be. Oh no. Uh-oh. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so with these types of games, obviously they're not in the standard gaming rotation for me. That's not something that I generally enjoy. So I understand that my viewpoint is already colored before I started playing the game. However, almost all of those games that I've played, you know, Call of Duty or whatever the AAA titles, they always had something in them that gave you like a little tutorial or a step-by-step thing. Here's how you change your weapons. Here's how you do this. Sure. Not this one. This one literally comes up with some cinematics telling you the background of the story I just described and then puts you into the game and... On the side, there's a little legend to tell you what keys do what, and it's not even all of them. It's just some of them. 
on your <laughs> arcade controller if you're using that or your keyboard if you're using a keyboard and mouse. Okay. You start playing and immediately die. There's just no way around it. There's no <laughs> ramp up of this goddamn game. There's no like, here, let you get used to this game. They no. just throw you the deep end. Level one has kicked my ass every time. I played this game for about an hour and a half. Oh, wow. And I can't get past <laughs> oh, no. level one. Wow. Is it, I mean, it's just that difficult or is it just that difficult to understand what to do? For me, it's that difficult. Probably a more experienced first person shooter would probably have no problem with this game. I don't like the aiming mechanics. They're very difficult. Like there's no auto tracking. Like if you get a little bit close to the monster, you're trying to aim and right. sometimes the yeah. reticle yeah. will snap in. Sure. Nothing. No. This is one of those like super finesse games that super you have finesse to be games. good at it or you're going to die. Uh -huh. I'm thinking it's better to play it with a mouse and keyboard than it is with a Probably. joystick. That's what I played with at first was an arcade Xbox controller. More accurate. It's... I could see it could be fun for people who enjoy that type of game. It's mm -hmm. not a game for me. I hate that this is no. where I'm ending the series, but <sighs> Z is not an easy letter to find a lot of games for. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Even fewer that Ziggurat. are humble bundles. So if you like first person shooters, you can probably get some stuff out of this and enjoy it. Like it tells you every time you die, oh, you gain these new items. Tells you no way to equip them. No way to use them. <laughs> You're like, great. <laughs> and <laughs> I tried you. everything in there. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's it's just not good. That's all I can say about it, unfortunately. For me, it's not good. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? But it's what it's just a little a stinky cherry on top of otherwise a delightful Sunday that you've built over these last <laughs> 26 episodes. Yeah. A, year a year in the making a year. A year. running through this. So before we cap this one out, I just want to talk briefly about this series that we've done. So your initial concept early on, now a year ago, before pre-pandemic, you were mm -hmm. like, I've been buying all of these humble bundles and I have games I've never played and I'm often looking for a game to talk about. And you had the concept of running every single letter, finding one for every single letter right. and you succeeded. You made it all the way through. I did. Yeah. I found a game with every single letter, 26 games yep. and... It's been fun. You know, we joke about it. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm tired of it and everything. But it has been fun. It has exposed me to a lot of games, some of the, which I'm still playing, which is kind of the goal of this thing, to find some gems yeah. in all those games that I bought. Yeah. Well, and force you out of your comfort zone and stuff mm -hmm. you otherwise wouldn't looked at. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You found some stinkers. Yeah. yeah. And you found some great stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the worst one that I found, I went back through the list. The worst rating I gave any game at all was a one token rating. Right. So at least everything was that are better mostly in the three <laughs> to five range but you know a uh, uh, number one here this game in particular ziggurat i gave a two token rating to okay because oh, okay. i recognize that other people might enjoy it it's just not for somebody like me but yep okay a lot of good games in this system yeah. so let's wrap let's get a final report yeah. let's see where we are so now we're done we are done no more no more changes we're gonna see what you spend what you save what you get these 26 games for lay it on us so i've got that um let's go through ziggurat first so okay. ziggurat right. currently is 14.99 on steam really that's kind of pricey. yeah that's a little pricey. this like is it. a game okay. that came out in 2014 whoa so they're super proud of it or they forgot that it's still on steam and they never went back and changed the price i'm not sure yeah. did anybody ever change the price <laughs> I, think, I think i think bill did bill did you <laughs> i bought this as part of the humble indie bundle number 18 in 2017 for a total of seven dollars and 49 cents there were 17 items in that bundle. <laughs> mm -hmm. That means with the division and the average, this game came out 
to 44 cents. <laughs> I'd like to have 40 of those 44 cents back. Oh, <laughs> I've obviously saved quite a bit of money on this particular one. I saved $14 and 55 cents. Yeah. Yep. So and the final tally card says total. Come on. Well, yeah. it depends on which one you want. I did all kinds of stats, of course. <laughs> um, so if I bought each one of these 26 individual games at their steam price at the time of review, they would have cost me $405.74. Okay, but. But <laughs> I bought 26 Steam bundles. If I bought them individually, obviously some of the Steam bundles we used more than once. Uh, that grand total is $336.88. So even if I subtract the price of the games as they are now versus the humble packages mm -hmm. that I bought, I still save $68.86. You're already ahead, right. right. Yeah. But for the games you actually did, but, buy. <laughs> well, wait, yeah, there's okay. more. Um, yeah. <laughs> There were 1,119 items in these 26 Humble Bundles. That means that on average, each item in this list cost me 30 cents. Mm. Mm. I spent a grand total $11.16 on these individual games total for a savings over the Steam price of $394.58. <laughs> man. All right. Let's pack this all up and get Humble Bundle to run this one-year advertisement for what a great right. deal they yeah. are. <laughs> but you know what it means, John? That it sounds like George could do this again. Okay. So Mo can do it. I don't know why George has to you do it. You could do it. Well, now George gets to actually pick what he wants to play. He's not relegated to always doing that. He this. does, but it sounds like he has plenty of games to choose from. He said he had over a thousand games. I mean, come you on. do yeah. in these packages, but you know how many of them start with the letter Z? One. <laughs> Just oh, really? that one. <laughs> We've used that one. Oh, right. Okay. I'm going to do my A to W list next time. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip the last ones. That's awesome, though. Congratulations yes. on completing Woo. this. It's been, Thank it's been a fun ride. Before we get out of this, one more time, you usually have one of these thousands you have left over a Steam key to give away to our listener. You have one for this one? We do. Uh, we have a Steam game called The World of Goo. Oh, that's a good game. Yeah. Is it? A, good, because I purposely really didn't game. look it up because of the title. I was afraid <laughs> to see what the video would look like for it World is, of Doom. No, no. It's, it's actually, it came out a long time ago, but it's still a very fun game. Oh, okay, yep. cool. Well, we have that Steam key available. Yep, little anthropomorphic blobs who are sticky, and you, you can stretch them between each other and build like a very wobbly bridge to make your way across chasms. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That does sound fun. Maybe I should keep this one for myself. Nope, too late. We're giving it <laughs> too away. Too late. We're giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> so World of Goo. So mm -hmm. if you want to get your very own copy of World of Goo for free from Gen X Grown Up, from George, from his library. So it will be in the subject line, George. What should they put in the subject line? The end. The end. Yes. The end. Hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com with the subject line, the end, commemorating the end of the series. So you're the first one, you will win a copy of World of Goo. All right. Well, congrats again. I'm going to take a break here and <sighs> just... Oh, take a deep breath. <sighs> Wipe a tear from my eye. Out for the list. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I may have to. I may have to. <laughs> for the homies. Hi, this is comedian and writer. And let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag. But let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. 
Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good poor. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Sinkable, unthinkable. The unsinkable taste of Cheerios. Cheerios. Now the sugar to weigh down those. Cheerios. Look how they float. No keeping them down. So this can't, that can't. No, you can't sing. The unsinkable taste of Cheerios. Cheerios. Now the sugar to weigh down those. Cheerios. The unsinkable taste. Oh, Cheerios. As we round out the back half of the show here, we always like to take a few minutes here toward the end to talk about what we're looking forward to between now and the next time we get together to record the show. And Mo, I want to start with you. Sure. What do you have on the horizon? Well, it's the second season for a series I really liked. It's called For All Mankind. Mm-hmm. I was terrified that this was going to be on the chopping block because it's like a different kind of show and it's science fiction and it's... Is that the series where we were not the first to land on the moon? Yes, it Yes, is. I remember that one. Uh, yeah. Alternate history type of thing. Okay. Yep. Alternate history. Like a man in high tower kind of twist on history deal. I love that alternate history of like what would have happened if Mm -hmm. Russia beat us to the moon, which basically means the space race continues because the United States can't be last, right? right? No, no. And so (laughs) in a way, it's a little sad because it says that we advanced faster because of that because at the end of the first season there's actually a moon base oh because we have more motivation well, they right. say competition is good for you know innovation, innovation and that's right. what happened in right. this first season that since we weren't first it's like well we're going to be better right so here it is like yep. i guess the series ends somewhere in the mid 70s and we have a moon base because we kept pushing and that's where it kind of ends because we have a base russia has a base on the moon and there's a little tension there and so now it's time to figure out you know where's the story go from there kind of thing <laughs> there's so much stuff out there i wasn't keeping track and all of a sudden i was like holy crap the second season's already out out there it dropped on february 19th so it dropped like a couple days before we recorded this okay haven't had a chance to watch the first episode yet the whole season or just an episode no no it's just episode by episode i think it's week oh so it's coming out okay so i'm looking forward to watching that because i said i really love the first season so i think it's going to be great sounds good yeah, yeah so that's what i'm looking forward to how about you george well i'm looking forward to an old standard of mine this comes from to us from the CW, that awesome channel of some of the best programming on television, of course. No, I'm just kidding. It is CW, though. <laughs> they have a few gems. They, they do have a couple nuggets in there, yeah. It's the seventh season of a TV show called The Flash. Oh, is that still on? Wow, seven seasons. It's still on, seventh season. Uh, it's part of the Arrowverse, which the Arrow mm-hmm. is no longer on anymore. Right. <laughs> just some it's of the other the shows Arrowverse that anyway, off of it. Right. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where it did start, was in season two of The Arrow, which was really cool. And I am really looking forward to seeing how they can continue this there's been a little bit of waning interest in some of those shows on the cw yeah as of late mm-hmm. because they kind of proliferated the market so to speak i mean they just had tons and tons of those there was arrow there was flash there was dc heroes thing or you know all these different cw right, shows was the legends or whatever and legends then they picked of up supergirl from they picked up supergirl from cbs they also have um yeah. black lightning i think mm-hmm. is one of theirs yeah wow so yeah. they've got quite a few of those but i am looking forward to the flash it was my second favorite arrow was my favorite they ended that one unfortunately this is my second favorite so i'm happy that i still get to watch this show and have you been watching it continuously regularly because i haven't watched it in a while i have i'm a couple episodes back on season six so i have oh, to watch okay. 
watch those before oh, March pretty, 2nd. You're pretty much you're way ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. March 2nd is when this one comes out. I think it'll be a, a really good series, and it's very possible that it may be the last. Yeah, it had a good Maybe. run, though. It has. It has seven seasons of anything. Seven seasons. Yeah. is it's, That's respectable. Oh, that's yeah, Star Trek series. Next Generation era. Yeah, so, you're right. It is, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep, no doubt. John, what about you? You looking forward to anything? I really am. And it kind of snuck up on me. I knew it was coming. I saw a trailer and I looked at my calendar and went, that's really March 5th? Mm-hmm. The sequel to Coming to America, Coming to America, America. <laughs> <Right>. is released <laughs> on March 5th. With the original cast, right? Oh, it's almost everyone. Yeah. Right. Arsenio Hall is back. Of course, of course, Eddie Murphy is back yeah. in the lead role. Coming to America was one of those lightning in a bottle films. And, and not just because Eddie Murphy was a genius and he played multiple characters in makeup, kind of a la the Crump style or whatever. Right. But he had all these supporting characters. It was like he he, he handpicked this crowd of like a, a, a troupe that he was able to do little skits within the movie with. Individual scenes in that movie are like some of the best skits you remember from Saturday Night Live. And you quote it all the time. You yeah. think about it as the barbershop scene. You know, mm-hmm. you know that boy, good. You got so much stuff in yeah. this. <laughs> and I know they're going to do callbacks to that. I've seen the trailer and I've intentionally not looked to the second trailer. I just know I'm going to enjoy it and love it. I'm just looking forward to one mm. part of it. Yeah, which part? Sexual chocolate. That's Sexual all we chocolate. need. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> That's what I mean. That boy, good. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait. Coming to America March 5th. So that's what I am looking yeah, forward to. How old are those guys going to be in the barbershop? Oh, my God. They were already <laughs> old guys. They were already old, so now it's, it's like, easier oh to do the makeup now. <laughs> well, that should make it easier. Yeah. Coming three America will be really easy because they'll just be decrepit old dudes. <laughs> this is Speak and Spell. It teaches kids to spell. This is Coleco's talking teacher. It also teaches kids to spell. This one's been around for a long time, and it speaks. Talking teacher speaks, too. And so clearly. The first letter of yes. Talking teacher also helps your child learn math. Math? Yes, math and spelling, all at a surprisingly low price. When you make a better learning toy, it speaks for itself. Talking teacher. Excellent. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That's going to wind it up for this episode of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Before we leave, we like to take just a couple of seconds here toward the end of the show to give our express gratitude to the people who generously support us every single month through Patreon. And I want to thank each and every one of you. Levi, T2, Thomas, Chewbacca, Chet, Davis, Dana, Stu, Monkey, Blaster, Stash, at Lee, Ben, Davis, Slomo, Adam, Dan, Matt, Miss So, Butter, Spider, Travis, Agile, Tony, Marcus, Arlem, Steen, Greg, L, Shelby, Chris, Greg, Z, Jason, Sean, John with an H, Chad, Mark, Mike, C, and Uno Clay. Literally give a few bucks every single month to support what we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and the website. And Mo, if a fourth listener is not yet on that roster and would like to be, would you tell them how they could remedy that situation? Oh, yeah. It's really easy. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash 
Patreon. There you'll see a link that'll take you right to the Patreon site. We have all sorts of levels depending on what you're comfortable giving, but if you give a little bit more, we have some extra content for you. We have some additional videos, some additional outtakes. We have all sorts of, uh, just a ton of extra content for you. But besides that, we also have another way you can support us, which is on YouTube and becoming a YouTube member. And we have a, a group of people have already done mm-hmm. that. And those people are T2, Mike C, Mike B, Marcus, Dubaka, Blaster, Stash It, Doc, Mike M, and Ms. So. So I want to thank them also for giving us mm-hmm. additional money to help us keep the lights on here. Every single one of them click that little join button on any one of our videos. It's so great to have your support and we appreciate it more than you will ever know. And thanks for that, Mo. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. We'll be back in two weeks with another one, but next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic to dig in deep on. George, tell the fourth listeners what they have to look forward to. We are ready to dive deep into the world of Gen X handheld electronic games, oh ladies and gentlemen. All those little things. You go to the oh arcade yeah. and play your favorite Pac-Man or Donkey Kong. What were you going to do at home? You were going to buy something from Coleco or Tommy or Parker <laughs> Brothers yep. and pretend that it was the same piece of crap yep. thing that yep. was in the arcade. <laughs> we're going to talk all yeah, about oh yeah, those. Big time guilty. <laughs> awesome. That's going to be fun. You don't want to miss that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you, buddy. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you we all appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. What are you doing? What are you poking me? No, because <laughs> when you said most of them make the show, you went like this, like you were pointing oh. and somebody was seeing it on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like I just talk with my it's hands. Like smiling when you talk. That you know, let me hear your smile. <laughs> Coming up on Five Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.